0: Sound of Truth starts now. Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview as we seek to inform, inspire, and encourage you in your walk with Christ through engaging interviews of ordinary people in whom God is doing an extraordinary work. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited that you've chosen to join us. On last week's weekly interview, we had Neil Cole on the phone with us. In this week's episode, we get to hear the second half of that interview. I'd, I'd like to probe a little bit deeper into your thoughts on corporate confession of personal sin, and, and when I say corporate, there I, I really mean maybe one or two other people. Um, you've written and talked much about the value of this, uh, particularly in relationship to you know the gender-specific accountability groups of two to four people. Um, I think this is a ma- major missing piece in the evangelical church today, especially in the West, um, and specifically in the United States. Could you speak to our listeners about the value of this discipline and how it's related to prayer?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, confession is so
2: rare these days. Mm -hmm. Uh, Man, wouldn't it be refreshing if politicians learned this lesson? I mean, gosh. So often people just refuse to admit they're wrong, refuse to admit they made a mistake. And mm-hmm. the consequences of that are more mistakes and more wrongness. And the world is just on the pot.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I think we can lead the way. Um, confession is not just a once in a while thing you should do. It's, it's a weekly, daily kind of a thing. I die daily to my uh, flesh. So I think... For Christians, we need it to be a discipline in our lives, a regularly practiced discipline. Mm-hmm. And that's why um, when it comes to disciple-making, I make it a part of the regular um, rhythm of disciple-making where you confess sins to one another. Um, and, it, and it's what's interesting is we think, well, I just got to confess to God. It's just my little secret with Him. But the passages we look at and use to say we should confess, like, First John one nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That does sound like we're just confessing to the Father and that's it, but the context doesn't allow that. The context, the very next verse says, "But if we say that we have no sin, we are a liar, and the truth is not in it." Mm-hmm. So it really is what identifies us to others as true followers of Christ. So I think um, we. If we are willing to confess to others, not just to God, then we will find ourselves to be um, cleansed of all unrighteousness. Uh, James says we will be healed. And I don't know about you, but I I just think that's what the church needs. It needs to be cleansed. It needs to be pure. I think the world looks at us and says, um, hypocrite. Right. Because they see the label on the outside and there's nothing on the inside they want. And that's because we're not. We're not cleansing from the inside. If we were to cleanse ourselves, we would be walking authenticity. We would be real and true, and people would find that attractive and uh, and also dangerous, threatening. Mm. I think that's what we need as a people of God, and that's been a sorely lost. So I think that aspect of the Christian life should be as necessary as breathing is to our on everyday life, I think that we inhale the scriptures, and we exhale the confession of sin, and that ought to be the ongoing breathing of the Christian life, and mm-hmm. that will create transformation, authenticity, vulnerability—a a, a kind of people that can change the world. But until we do that, we're just we're just playing games. We're acting like Christians rather than being. <laughs> Because we're not going I don't even like the word Christian, because I think um, we're, we're meant to be more than a little Christ. Um, we're meant to be representing the real Christ, not a little Christ. Mm. That's what Christian means, little Christ. Right. And, and I'm not anyone's Christ. <laughs> uh, Jesus is the only Christ, and he's not little. So I would prefer to use the word Christ follower, because this is somebody who actually follows Christ, obeys Him, listens to him is willing to do anything for him. And I think we've done enough, um, as Christians, enough mess. We've made a big enough mess. It's time for us to be real Christ followers. And that's not going to happen if we're not willing to be even honest with ourselves and with others.
0: Yes. So, uh, this, this could go uh, quite a ways with us asking questions of, of the specifics of that, because I think the North American church is so ignorant about how to do confession. Um, particularly evangelical Protestants, we, we're so big on our, our personal priesthood, we can go directly to God ourselves, that it's kind of made it to where we don't even, we're almost opposed to confessing our sins to other people, right?
2: It, yeah, mm-hmm. well, that's the, that's the flesh speaking. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we're all full of pride, and we, we all want the world to think highly of us, and confessing sins seems to go against that.
1: The truth,
2: though, that's just a lie. Yes. The truth is that when you when you are authentic and real, it's admirable to people. Mm-hmm. So when you when you really when you take sin and righteousness serious, it changes everything. You know, Jesus said, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, but they will be satisfied." Right. Okay. I, I want that satisfaction, and it's not going to come from a Snickers bar. Yeah. It, it comes from somebody who's willing to admit that that I want to be right. I want to be true uh, enough that I will confess to the world that, that I'm not. Mm -hmm. So I think that we need to be a people who pursue Jesus Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, and you can't pursue Jesus with a mask on. He sees right through it. Right. And the, the thing about it is, and this is the question that you asked, should it be corporate? Well, everywhere that it talks about confession. It's not talking about confessing to God. It's talking about confessing to people. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Now, God is there and you are confessing to God. I'm not taking anything away from that, but it's it's meant to be with others. And when that does happen, those rare moments where suddenly people start confessing corporately, revival happens. (laughs) When you look at revivals, it's because people just stood up and, and started confessing their sins to one another. We can do that without having to confess to hundreds or thousands of people. Mm
1: -hmm. We
2: just need to have this rhythm where we confess to one or two others that we trust that are confessing to us. And that's where the cleansing happens, the transformation, the authenticity is born out of that. I mean, I don't think we're actually alive spiritually if we're not confessing our sins. Mm. We're just playing a game. We're putting on a mask not true, and that should be terrifying right. for, for all the churchgoers.
0: Um, now I've seen this; it needs to be something. I know it became pretty popular back with the men's movement in the eighties and nineties. Get into a small group of men, and and we're talking six or seven guys, and then they go through these list of questions. that I first heard from Chuck Swindoll or or whatever, but um, I I love what you do with with the LTG concept, the Life Transformation Group concept, what you've written on that of it being one or two guys, because I feel like six or seven, most men are not going to open up, be honest in a setting like that. But I think if you can get one or two that they can trust, that's really where, what you're talking about in, ter- in terms of establishing a ribbon rhythm is going to occur. Probably, um, if beyond, and you t- you touch on this in the book, pray, but if, if someone wanted to read more of what you've written or taught on this concept, which book would you point them to at, at a layman's level?
2: Well, um, Cultivating a Life for God is uh, about Life Transformation Group. Mm-hmm. It has a whole chapter on confessionists and, and how we do it, and it presents the model. Uh, Ordinary Hero is also written on the same subject as Cultivating a Life for God. You really don't need to read both books. Okay. Um, they're both on the same subject. They're just written in different styles. So Ordinary Hero is full of stories, and it's written for a, an everyday Christian. Um, not a church leader or
0: pastor. Which is our audience. So that would be the one to recommend, I suppose, is Ordinary Hero. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But it is a little bit, it's not as short as Cultivating Life for God. And Mm -hmm. Cultivating Life for God isn't that big of a stretch for an ordinary person and it's cheaper and easier to get. So it doesn't matter. Just pick one of them, but they will both lay out for you how to do it, why to do it. Uh, You know, The most prescribed size grouping in all of the Bible, both Old and New Testament, is two or three.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Those verses, just do a a random search on your phone of of the Bible, two or three, and you'll find dozens of verses all over the place. This is, God has designed us to need to be a part of a group of two or three, and that's where the life change happens. Yes. And so I think if, if we did confession there, it'd be a lot simpler. And if everyone was doing it, it would be a lot easier to do. And so that's what life transformations do. They make it something that everyone can do uh, regularly. It's a rhythm in life and it, it sets us up to receive God's word much better. I mean, uh, I, when I was a lifeguard, if, if someone drowned, that never actually happened on my beach. Uh, mm-hmm. But if, if you pull someone out of the water after they've aspirated water, um, you can't just open up their airway and breathe in and, they, and they're going to breathe because their lungs are filled with something else.
1: Mm-hmm. If
2: they're filled with water. You have to evacuate the water before they, the lungs can receive air again. So in a sense, uh, if we're not exhaling, if we're not getting rid of the sin that, we've, that, that has clung to us throughout the week and confessing it, exhaling it, then we don't have room inside to receive the word right. of God.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: And so it just washes right past us and we don't get it. We don't understand it. We don't, we don't apply it. We don't, it doesn't make an impact. And a verse a day doesn't keep the devil away. You've got to actually know the, the, the voice of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and that takes, and to, to do that, you really have to confess um, that is what makes room inside for the scripture to take root for the change to happen. So it's, it's essential for the Christian life. It's not, it's not just an option. It's not just for those who want to be more spiritual than the rest of us. It is actually the baseline of a true follower of Christ.
0: That's good. Excellent metaphor that you use there as well uh, to make it real clear. All right. Well, uh, just want to share one more thing, Neil. I appreciate your time. And that is earlier when we were recording for our, um, another segment of the show, my watch went off. It was 10.02, our time here. And so I just pressed the button and said a little prayer in my mind while we were, you know, doing the show. And then within 30 seconds, Rick's phone went off at, as his phone hit the, the 10.02 mark. And neither one of us known, knew that we had <laughs> Actually, this is the first time we've been in each other's presence at 10.02 a.m. since we've read the book.
1: Yeah, could you tell us about the 10.02, or ten, 2, 10 b two b virus? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, sure. So this,
1: <clears throat> I'll tell
2: you what, we, we've, we've seen tens of thousands of churches, house churches, started all over the planet. And leaders just emerge all over the place. And I would love to take credit, you know, like transformation groups or our wonderful training greenhouse is responsible for that. But truly it's not that at all. All of it, you can attribute it to one simple act that we started 20 years ago and we call it the tend to be virus. It's just doing what Jesus said. It's his strategy. In Luke chapter 10, verse two, he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray or beseech the Lord of the harvest to cast out workers into his harvest field. And that that verse, Luke chapter ten, verse two, is the baseline is the, the basis of the ten to be virus where he says, beg God for workers for the harvest. Mm-hmm. So what we decided to do was just do that. You know, you want a greater harvest, you need more workers. You want more workers, the place to get them is on your knees. Pray. Mm-hmm. So we decided to start setting our phone alarm or watch alarm or whatever you use to go off at 10:02 every single day and remind us to stop what we're doing and just do what Jesus said to do. Beg God for more workers. And I think our entire movement, our global movement can really be traced back to that simple exercise. And mm. it's not hard. It just, your phone goes off, your alarm goes off and you take a moment and you beg God for workers. And I usually specifically think of a, a generation or a people group, and I, I beg God to raise up out of the darkness children of light in that group of people. Because the context there, you know, there's 12 disciples. Actually, in Luke 10, there's 70. Mm-hmm. But um, in Matthew 10, he repeats the same words. Uh, Matthew, actually it's Matthew 9, 30.
0: 35 or 36 or something there.
2: Thirty-five. Yeah. So he's the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. But um, it's the same exact verse, mm-hmm. and the idea of it is that you know there are these these uh, disciples of Jesus, and they're 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 told by Jesus to ask God to beg God for more workers. Those are, they're not going to come from seminary. They're not going to come from the Baptist church down the street or the Methodist church. Those don't exist. The workers for the harvest will come from the harvest. That's the only solution to that context. Mm -hmm. And so what we're begging God for is for him to call out of darkness children of light that will carry that message to their families, to their friends, to their neighbors, to their co-workers. And that's where the the kingdom of God is meant to be. So when I beg, take a moment every single day, Mm -hmm. I do this. I ask God to call out of darkness children of light who will carry that message to others. And that's what this practice is. And it's every single day. I've been doing it for twenty plus years now, um, begging God for workers. It's good. And we have spread this virus. We call it a virus because it spreads so easily. If you're with someone and the alarm goes off, you just tell them about it, and they they begin the practice themselves. It spreads that easily. Mm-hmm. I've been speaking on a stage with you know thousands of people, and my phone goes off, and they all snicker and giggle because uh, you mm-hmm. know they were told to turn their phones <laughs> off, and the pastor or the speaker his phone is called and I, I usually stop and tell him, you know what, I got to take this call. This is an important call. And they all kind of laugh and mm-hmm. I say, it's not a call phone call. It's a call to prayer. And I'll tell them about them to be, and now, you know, a thousand other people are programming their phones to do it. And I have spread this idea to many different time zones. And the goal is that 24 hours a day, people are um, begging God for workers mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's the
0: plan? And it seems to be working. Amen. That's great. I, I, I mistakenly suggested it was Matthew nine thirty six. It's actually verse 38 ending the, ending the chapter. But 36 is a verse that's seared into my mind because that's where it mentions that Jesus looked upon the masses and they, he saw that they were sheep without a shepherd. He had a compassion on them, it says. And so it comes out of the heart of Jesus' compassion for the lost.
2: He sees the, the distressed and downcast sheep who have no shepherd. Mm. And in that context, he says, beg God for workers. And the people he's telling to pray, he's sending in the very next verse. So we become... In chapter 10, verse 1, he calls them the 12 disciples, and then the very disciples are called apostles in the next verse,
0: and they're sent. Yeah, this, they become sent ones, apostles. That's great. Very, very good. Um, well, hey, Neil, thank you so much for your time. This has been great. I want to, want to close out, and, and thank you for being on the, on the podcast here. And, and I think it would only be appropriate that we, we close with a, a prayer here. Um, since the book is pray that we're promoting. Mm-hmm. And we're also now promoting Ordinary Hero or Cultivating a Life for God. Right. So, uh, or any of, your, any of your books. Before we close in prayer, Neil, how can people find out more? I know they can go to Amazon, type in your name, Neil Cole. They'll see, see your books there. Any, any way else that we suggest that they could follow you'd like to know about?
2: Sure, yeah. Starlinginitiatives.com is Starling Like the Birds, mm-hmm. um, is uh, our newer website. You can find our books there starling initiatives is meant to connect people starlings are uh, just a scruffy common bird you find all over the planet they're an invasive species but what makes them remarkable is when they fly together they form what's called what they call a murmuration where they seem to fly as if they were all hearing one voice and moving as one and the larger collective is more impressive than the scruffy little bird and i think that that is the way we ought to be living the kingdom of God. So Starling Initiatives is not just a website um, for Neil Cole to get out his material. It's meant to connect us to one another and to Mm. God. So um, it's it's called initiatives, plural, because it needs to be all of us initiating things for the kingdom of God. And that's what Starling Initiatives is. So that's, you know, www.starlinginitiatives.com. And then also, um, there's a YouTube channel I have. It's a relatively new thing. Since the coronavirus hit, um, God kind of told me to start shooting short videos.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: None of them are, I think, seven minutes is the longest one. <clears throat> and they're just thoughts on, on the way we ought to be living for Jesus during this epidemic and pandemic, how the body of Christ needs to be more than it has been. So those are a couple of ways.
1: Do you know what your YouTube channel uh, it, is
2: called? Um I just think it's under my name. And just
1: look for uh, search Neal for Neil Cole.
2: And gotcha. there are other yeah, and there are other Neil Cole. There's a British comedian named Neil Cole. And, <laughs> and, and it might be more enjoyable to find his channel. <laughs> um, but um but it but you if you do a search you'll eventually find it. And uh, let's see, I'm I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is Neil underscore Cole.
0: So, the book is Pray. We've had yep. Neil Cole on. I want to go ahead and, and say a prayer here and, and thank the Lord for, for you and the ministry and, and what you're doing in, in this book. So, Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus because He is the one who has enabled us to pray with confidence and enter into your throne room and have a relationship with you. So, all the glory goes to Jesus, Father. But we thank you also uh, right now for Neil and this book, Pray, and the impact it's had in my life and Rick's and in my family's life. And I pray that you would just get this. Uh, the the word for this book out to help uh, people have this type of adventure relationship with you, knowing that you're a loving father. And uh, we, we ask um, that you'd bless Neil and his family, grandkids, and, and the Starling Initiatives, uh, Lord, because we do want to echo the uh, statement of John, and that we would decrease and you would increase, yes, and we know you, in, you increase in our lives when we work together uh, in concert with one another uh, to be the body of Christ. It's in Jesus' name, Amen. If you're enjoying this podcast please share it with your friends thanks the music is by canon and is used with permission this podcast is copyrighted by brett a Marani, 2021